Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today we have Chongon from Amplio. And we're going to be talking all about the use case or business case that his prospects and customers make for purchasing Amplio. So without any further ado, let's get just into some introductions. Chung, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and Amplio? Sure, I'd love to. I appreciate the opportunity here. Um, my name is Chung Tron. Um, I uh, have uh, worked at Silicon Valley for 17 years. I built 72 products with 2.2 billion in revenue. Um, I really focus on technology and what it means to have technology affect our lives. I got tagged to be a DARPA PM uh, to work on AI programs that generation AI platforms for DARPA. And for me, AI is a great opportunity because it's the first time we have a technology to help us think better. A lot of people think of AI as something to replace us or replace people, but really as a way to augment our thinking and giving us access to more information, I think AI could be a huge tool for what we want to do. And that kind of leads to what Ampio is. Ampio is a company is about helping people make better decisions. In particular, uh, we want to see, you know, we want to see and help people interpret their data. Uh, a lot of companies that are in the data business, they say, uh, you don't need your data. You're too stupid to use it. You know, we'll tell you what to do, right? And the answer is no, they, they, that's not really fair. It's their data and they own it. And uh, you need to help them understand it so they can utilize it better. You don't just take it from them. And that's that's our kind of our goal is to how to help people understand the data, interpret it, understand the reasoning behind the interpretation, and actually use it to to their benefit. I love that. And and for folks that don't know DARPA, I had, I had a, when I was in DC uh, interning for the Smithsonian, I had a friend at DARPA that interned there. And, uh, and that was in the 90s. And they were talking about stuff that we're just now seeing now. So uh, for those that don't know DARPA, go ahead and Google it. It's uh, it is uh, kind of a, it's amazing because you you're working on technology uh, and things that you know again people don't see or commercialize until much 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 later. Um, so let's let's dig into Amplio in terms of like the inside. I love I love the idea of you of you thinking re- getting us to rethink uh, uh, AI uh, as not just a replacement but giving us actual insight. And you went, I think you touched on it, but just the, after we get the insight, then the recommendation in terms of like what we should, you know, what we should do with the data. Now that we see the data and maybe we have some insight around the data, what are maybe, you know, even if it's multiple paths, what should we then action? What should we do? Well, that's absolutely correct. I mean, I think uh, one of the problems with AI and data analytics today is everyone's focused on gathering the data. Mm-hmm. And maybe presenting or visualizing it to the 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 user, and then assuming the user knows what to do about it. Right. On the fitness side, one of the things that we we think is funny is the whole idea of ten thousand steps. You know, from Fitbit. And if you research ten thousand steps, it was in the nineteen sixty four Olympics, where a um, a company wanted to build a pedometer in Japan. They called it ten thousand step pedometer. 
And because they call it ten thousand decadometer, ten thousand became the health standard. Oh, you just broke a bunch of people's hearts right there. You just (laughs) you just you just broke every. You just told them that Santa Santa Claus doesn't exist. Right. So that's the thing. You know, you show me this data, and you don't know if I work ten thousand steps or twenty thousand steps. Do I feel better? You know, what 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 am I supposed to do? Right. Right. How am I supposed to feel? And then there's things called predictive analytics. They'll predict, you know, if, uh, if nothing changes, this is what's going to happen, right? right? Nothing changes, this is who's going to win the election or whatever, right, kind of thing. Right. But the real question we want is, you know, if an asteroid is coming at us, right, uh, William, we want to know what to do about that, right? We don't want to just accept the fact that the asteroid is going to come and kill us. We want some courses of actions that maybe change that possible future, right? That, uh, you know, help us get better, overcome our problems. And that's, that's really where AI becomes really interesting because, Having the ability to simulate possible futures and help us decide the one that most likely will get us to our goal and help us kind of get make decisions to get there um, is, is kind of where I think AI really has the power to help us actually think a lot better because, you know, there are a lot of options. There are a lot of things that can confuse you. And most of the time we wing it. We just jump from, we do trial and error. We jump from one solution to another without a real sense of how likely doing that thing will get us where we want to go. And that's the I think that's where the beauty of AI, that's AI that we're building, is to kind of help us simulate those futures and choose the best one. I, I love the way you framed it up for folks is like, you know, AI, you know, there's levels of this. So, you know, yes, you need to collect data and yes, you need to visualize the data. And yes, at the, you know, the next level you need to then, it needs to give you some, some, some insight and some decision making. Great. And you, you touched on it very, at the very, very last moment in terms of scenario planning. Um, in, in, in a perfect world, it would then come back and say, you know, at, given the data and given kind of everything that it knows already, here's a couple of different ways that you can then action this. Yes. So do you see, do you see, the, and again, if it's sitting on a ton of data, it's obviously learning and the more data it's sitting on, the more it's learning and, you know, all of that stuff given stated, but do you see it more in the future used as, not just a decision uh, making tool, but also just more in the scenario planning. Yeah, I definitely think so. That's kind of what our product is really focused on. Mm. You know, um, you know, when you look at the, the scenario planning, you say, you know, it's incumbent that the scenario planning is, is done individually, right. right? At the individual level, because what a scenario plan is for the entire United States and an average person in the United States probably doesn't apply to me, right? Right. So big data analytics really doesn't help there. Small data analytics is more important. That's what we focus on. We use wearable data, um, biometric, psychometric data um, to kind of build up a digital twin of the person, right? And we say, okay, based on your digital twin, this is how you normally feel. This is how you normally feel when you're doing well. This is what you normally feel when you're not doing well, right? And you know, these are the changes in numbers that seem to affect either one of those states where you're you're being successful or not. And so, so, you know, and when you look at things like burnout that people are complaining about these days with the pandemic, you know, look at things like, you know, anxiety, depression, you know, what are the coping mechanisms that help me get my numbers back to where they were when I was happy, right. Um, and performing well. And so from our standpoint, we build this digital twin and which is really a probability distribution that kind of tells you that based on all these factors, you know, this is what likely is going to happen. And if you change these things, you change, you do these routines, or you change these habits you have, you're more likely to get to you know, the state you want to be in where you're happier and those forth. 
And it makes sense. Well, you're, you're getting to, I'm sorry, uh, you're getting to your most optimal, your, your, your most best version of yourself. Well, yeah. Also, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. And we talk to a lot of like programmers and other people who are like passionate about what they do. Like the, the easy example is a gamer, right? You know, you can, you can see gamers that play three days straight without sleep right? right? or something like that, or, you know, coders that do that or people who just are your high performing type of employees that are just, just killing it. Right. Kind of thing. But, you know, you do that enough, you get burnt out, and then you eventually don't want to ever do it again, you right. know? Um, and so having something that admires you is, hey, maybe it's time to take a break, William, right? You've been on a computer too long, go walk around, eat dinner, you know? Having something that kind of admires you and kind of gives you that kind of advice and gives you those kind of triggers so that you can balance yourself a lot better is not something we're taught. You know, when, when I was going for school and all that, it was just work, 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 right, kind of thing. Um, right. But you never talk about self-helping yourself and making sure that, you know when to back off. And a lot of that, that scenario planning is just how do I manage myself so I don't get burnt down, how I don't get too stressed out. It's 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 really interesting because uh, and I want I want to get into the digital twin uh, sure. part uh, in, in just a second. But it's really interesting because you're taking in a lot of different data and that can change moment to moment, day to day, week to week, and person to person, obviously. Um, and so you know what you needed and what you need on Tuesday depending on what you're doing on Wednesday, you might need something different. Yes. Uh, and, and again, that's getting back to some of those data inputs that, and, and being able to analyze that. If you've been sitting for eight hours on Tuesday, you, you might need to get up and walk around. Uh, but let's say on Wednesday, you're at your standing laptop and you're walking around. You know, it's like I can see it being, you know, both proactive and reactive simultaneously to then understand kind of where you are and what you're doing and then making those recommendations based on, you know, real time data. Yeah. And, and like you say, you know, if you think about it, like, you know, as older guys, uh, you're probably a lot younger than I am, William, right? But, no, I'm not, I'm know, not we... touching that. Cause <laughs> see, you said almost 20 years in the Valley. Those yeah, are yeah. like dog years. So really <laughs> it's like seven years. So you're at least 70 years old. So Maybe that's, that's true. That's that's true. true. <laughs> but you know, you know, who, who you were in twenties and you can work out and you can work hard. Like, you know, I, you could pull all nighters and work hard, really hard in your twenties, your thirties and forties. You know, that's harder to do. Right. I know you have family pressures, but you know, you physically, you can't do it. Right. You know, and your emotional state in your twenties and your emotional state in your thirties are different. Right. And so, you have to have a, uh, well, we kind of think the digital twin is someone that is you that evolves with you. Does that make sense? Right. Oh yeah. Um, so then, you know, it's, it's changing as you're changing. Right. And so that it's not giving you recommendations like, you know, go run 15 miles when you're 50. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, maybe something you could do in your twenties, but you know, Hey, uh, this is more realistic. This is kind of what we know will make you better and not, not get you hurt or anything like that. And that's the thought process for us is that there is so much data being collected from wearables uh, from you, right? Uh, that we can build up this distribution and kind of learn who you are. Your digital twin can be you, right? We only want to learn on your data because anything else is confusing, right? I can't compare you to me or I can't compare you to the next guy, right? Because we're different genetically. We grew up in different environments, right? Kind of thing. And so what I need and what you need are probably different things, right? Um, so we don't pollute ourselves with anyone else's data. We just use your data. And from a psychometric standpoint or a mood standpoint, John Hopkins did a study called Mood 24-7. It's actually now a product where if you ask a person one question a day, are you happy? Um, you are actually able to track over time and predict suicide rates very accurately, hmm. right? Because every day, you know, 
you know, you may not be correct, but every day as you ask, answer the question, you start building up a trend and a, a, a data set that says, okay, this is when he's really happy. And this is when he's really not happy, right? And you start trending and start saying, okay, then he's going to commit suicide. That's kind of what we do. You know, we do these daily, um, we take a biometric and we do these daily psychometric surveys to understand your mood and your, um, and your mental state. You know, we use kind of testing, see how focused you are and stuff like that. And we do that on a consistent basis. And we kind of profile you. We learn who you are mentally, physically, emotionally, right? And then when you start deviating from that, right? We can actually step in and start simulating, like I said, the factors that get you back on track. And that's the key thing is that we, we have a ton of data on you that's being collected. That's basically being dropped on the floor right now um, because you know we don't know what to do with it. Uh, but if we build that model that I talked about with the digital twin, uh, we can do a lot with it because we really wanna know what works and doesn't work for you. We wanna know you, that's what we're learning. Talk about machine learning and machine learning Cisco trends. Well, we're learning the Cisco trends of what works for William, what doesn't, right? And that's how we're, we're going forward uh, with our product. So a couple of things real quick, and, and, and you're, you'll probably have to break this down in real simplistic sure. terms for, for me and the audience, but uh, you've got data on the person. Sure. Um, I'm assuming that you roll some of this data up in aggregate and anonymize it. So that like, and again, that case where you're not going to recommend a, a 50, a 15 mile run for a 50 year old, you know, in a hundred year, a hundred degree heat or something like that. Um, but, but um, exp explain to us kind of how those recommendations are they, obviously they're tailored to the individual because you're gathering data from the individual and about the individual. Sure. And so you're building that digital twin that kind of, moves with them and changes with them. But I'm also assuming that you're getting data from all, all these other places and then it also helps you feed uh, recommendations in. Am I, am I wrong about that? Or do hey, I... you're, you're right. I mean, there's two things, right? Um, the first thing you're talking about is bounding the solution set, right? Right. You know, so we do need you know, general population information like what do general 50-year-olds can do or not do, right? Or what should be the HRV heart rate variation, the, the thing that measures your, your recovery? Uh, I think uh, Luke calls it your uh, readiness score. A lot of people have different names for it, but um, you know what your HRV is when you're older and when you're younger. And so we do have those population bounds. So we're not doing something too crazy. But even if, you know, the thing about individualization and the thing about what we do is we don't learn you once, we continuously learn you, right? Kind of thing. So right. if we give you a recommendation, William, right? And we see that it's not having the impact we expected to have, right? Um, now we actually go to sleep two hours early. You do, and you don't seem to perform any better, right? We will start modifying how we believe these interventions work for you, these general kind of things. And you may be a 50-year-old that can run 13 miles a day, right? And us asking you to run one or two miles doesn't seem to move the needle. We'll start you know, switching up the routine or evolving it. So you're starting to run up to the 13 miles where it seems to have an impact on what you want to do. Because that's really what it is. I mean, if, if in minute detail, we can figure out where you're getting an improvement or not, we can double down on the things you're improving on, right? Generally, like as human beings, we do trial and error. It takes us multiple weeks, maybe even months to figure out if the thing we're trying out actually works or not, right? And a lot of times we give up because we don't know if there's an improvement and we give up just before it actually gives us an improvement we want, right? Um, and so from our standpoint, we're monitoring constantly looking at, hey, we had you try this. It didn't have as much impact as you like, so we're gonna switch it up, something with more impact. Um, then, you know, you're constantly being tailored to, like I said, what works or doesn't work for you. And as constantly looking to see, you know, I gave him a suggestion, did it work, right? And if it didn't, 
we're going to put that feedback in, adjust the model, and give you a better recommendation. And over time, we're just going to be spot on. Right? I love that. I love it. And again, yeah, the more you know, <laughs> and the more that you know in 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 real time from the data that that you you know about that person at that particular moment the, the recommendation is just going to be spot on um so so there's a couple things uh one is is when people do a demo when they first kind of you know see amplio for the first time what are they kind of what are they you know dazzled by what are they amazed by the aha moment like what what do they see and uh what kind of you know, turns them on about uh, the product? You know, the first thing is, you know, um, they don't see graphs. We don't give them any data or overwhelm. We give them set routines. We integrate into their calendar. And this, just try to stay. We work with uh, a few Major League Baseball players. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we found out is that, you know, they said, don't tell us the data, just tell us what to do. And, you know, we live in a society with so many options, right? You know, Going on the cereal, I remember when I was younger, there was like maybe one or two types of cereal, right? And now there's thousands. And that kind of like decision fatigue permeates for our entire life. And so when you have a bunch of data shown to you and you have to interpret and figure out what to do, that's a lot more mental energy. It's like, tell us, you know, tell us uh, what to do, right? And tell us how we're doing, right? And uh, are we making progress or not? We always allow our customers to jump into it and dive into data if they're, they're quantitative people, right? But majority of people just want to, to know what to do. And we try to make it simple and clean. We, we just tell you, hey, these are the things that we think make you better. And this is how much progress you're making or not making on that. And uh, and these are some of the changes we're making because uh, of that. And also, we care a lot about, we make our recommendations based on three things. Um, first, an onboarding session that kind of tells you, me, us, kind of what your personality is like and you know what you like and dislike, right? We're not going to ask you to, go eat kale if you hate kale, right, kind of thing. Um, and then the second thing is sometimes people vote by their feet. And so we look to see how compliant you are with the recommendations we gave you, right? Because one reason why a recommendation may not work is you don't do it, right? And so if if you're not doing it, then we, we will adjust our recommendations based upon, you know, hey, let's try something else because you're just not doing it. We asked you to do it for two weeks. You never did it once. We're going to change it up for you. And three, what has an impact or not, right? And so those three things are what we kind of build into the, the recommendation. That's the experience you get. So you get, hey, they're already taking my input, right? And you see a lot of um, you know, products like this that they just tell you what to do, right? Right. They'll get two hours more sleep, right? Well, you know, I, I live a pretty busy life. You probably do too, William. You know, getting two extra hours of sleep is like a bridge too far for me, right? Yeah. I'd like to. I mean, yeah. there's a dream. Who doesn't? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the uh but you know, it's not impossible, it's not possible for me to do. And so if a couple of weeks, you know, you keep telling me to go to bed two hours early, you can tell me forever, it's never gonna happen, right? And so the question is now that we have an AI can can learn that hey, the trunk's never gonna go to bed two hours early. Let's give them some meditation routine, some other ways, maybe take give, give them take a nap during the day to get the the kind of rest he needs for his brain to kind of re-energize, right? And flush out and not rely on the 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 the, the gold standard answer of getting eight hours of sleep. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know how many adults get eight hours of sleep. Probably, probably pretty few. <laughs> but the uh, none of my said, friends. But yes, none of my friends. Yeah. Now that's the thing. I mean, I think the the idea that well, Wildman is that hey, you're really taking my input. You know, even beginning. The reason why I say you know we like the onboarding thing and we kind of look to see what you do and don't do. That's the beginning of what we see because we're going to build up data to learn uh, what works and doesn't work for you, right? 
And then you start at that point. You're using uh, sorry, Tron. Are you using assessments, or do you take them through kind of some of the uh, personality, behavioral, those types of assessments? Or yes, as part do, of the yeah, yeah, as part of the onboarding, we do. Well, we do oceans, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, which is a pretty standard personality test. Uh, we do some cognitive testing. And again, just to bound, you know, what what uh, like some people, like one of the baseball players we had was super logical, but he, right. he couldn't think verbally. Right. He did terrible in verbal exams. So, you know, again understanding kind of what your limitations are, what you like um, is really important to us, right? So we wouldn't force you to take verbal cognitive tests because that doesn't tell me where you're focused now. You just don't like doing those tests, right? Right. Yeah, I, so, can see, I can see yeah. understanding or having some type of uh, at least basic understanding of IQ and EQ and learning styles and, you know, like you said, behavioral and personality, a blend of all of those things. So you, you start with some data, so that you start to learn the person so you can build that digital twin. Right. And that's the thing, like we said earlier, you know, which we can bound it a lot with like these tests and the population um, uh, things, interpretation of the test results, right? We can start giving you recommendations right off the bat, right? That are tailored to you in a little more general sense, but they're not just things that we pick out of the air. You know what I mean? Like get errors of there's there. Right. You know, based <laughs> upon what we see is your personality and who you are on the onboarding. And then as you use the product more often, right? Um, I always tell people like, you know, that digital twin is kind of like your pet, right? Um, the more you're, you're in charge of his care and feeding, the more you, you do things and you answer the, uh, the surveys, the five minute survey every day, and you, you wear the, the wearable, um, then the better the data will be, you know what I mean? More robust and, it is. And, and the wearable can be like a bunch of different types of wearables. Yeah. We support, um, Garmin, um, yeah. Fitbit, Aura, Whoop, um, you know, and uh, uh, emotive, you want to really do EEG, mental testing. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we do support, uh, we try to, we don't support Apple right now because Apple requires us to build an app. Right. Because they don't like, they don't broadcast things in the cloud. That's right. And uh, we don't quite have that skill set yet. So we have to hire someone to do it. But uh, as soon as we get that done, we'll, we'll be able to support Apple as well. Yeah, sure. So two uh, questions on the way, on the way out. One is, where is what is Amplio connected to? you know like to other technologies so i get you know once we've got the 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 digital twin and you're making people better in 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 a, in a work environment let's say yeah you... that, that's our primary customer where you know, we start off as kind of a benefit from a wellness standpoint to give to mm-hmm. employees to get them to be better but you know the pandemic has really rewritten the rules between the employer and employee mm-hmm. remote work you know people want people to be more supportive to look at them as a whole person, not just as a, a, a performance number, right? Kind of thing. And you know, and in a distributed environment, that's super hard to do. This is where we aggregate data for the mm-hmm. uh, the employer. And and it, that may sound like big burris, but you don't they don't actually know who you are. Right. They don't can't ask and they don't need to know. Um, and the second thing is that the reality is that 80% of Americans rely on their employer for benefits. Right. Like, you know, when we work with major league baseball players, they may have like a Cardi, our cardiologist and speed dial, right? That there's concierge doctor for them, right? Most of us don't have that, right? <laughs> <laughs> we, we need the benefits from employer. And we like the, the aggregated idea to the HR department to figure out how to provide better benefits. Um, and Dolly, one of my friends works at Northrop Grumman. When Northrop Grumman brought um, their people back uh, to work last September during the pandemic, while we're still in the pandemic, when the pandemic first started, yeah, yeah. the... Uh, you know, a lot of them experience anxiety issues. Yep. You know, my friend spent uh, 
15 minutes shaking her car before she go to work, right? Because there's so much uncertainty, right? And it took North Carolina a while, but they brought in like anxiety uh, people, you know, people that could, like, you know, help with coping mechanisms and people that could help if you have bigger problems than just anxiety, right? You know? Um, and so, you know, giving the employer a little bit of insight as, into the group and what the group benefits would help the, the group the best is something we want to tie into, right? Because we don't like, we're not going to treat bipolar. We're not going to give you medication or anything like right, that. Right. We're going to try to keep you to cope and then hand you over to the wellness programs, the EAP programs of your employer right. that can help you with additional things and tie all that together in a way that, you know, uh, people can get the help they need, right? They don't need a lot of help. They stick with us. If they need a little more serious help, they, they can get it as they need it. I love it. Okay. On the way out, favorite customer story so far without naming names, of sure. course, uh, but just, just your favorite story. Uh, my favorite story is we were working with a, a track and field team, a collegiate track and field team. And we we're monitoring all these things is to see if uh, uh, they, we can make their runners better. And actually we improved their ranking quite a bit, uh, but there was a, a girl on that team who was a highly recruited athlete and she wasn't doing well. And uh, we were trying to figure out what her running mechanics were wrong, where or not she was, her sleep was okay, you know, and was she spending time recovering? And, and it turned out that uh, her nutrition had changed. Her testosterone got cut in half because uh, I guess, you know, when she was growing up, she wasn't allowed to drink a lot of caffeine or, or soda. And with the stress of going to school the first time, she was just hammering it. And it does cut your testosterone in half. And it's as important to women as men because testosterone is a recovery hormone. Right. It helps you build muscles and all that stuff. And running is a pretty brutal activity uh, because of tearing down the muscle tissue and stuff like that. So she, in essence, um, was never recovering from all her runs. That's why she was performing worse and worse. And now uh, the coach at times said, you know, I would have thought it was kind of motivation issue and I would have made her run more. But I said, <laughs> you know, yeah, if, if that happened, then the result would be if she gets hurt, right? Because she's not rebuilding yeah. the muscle or she'll get frustrated and quit, right? And just having the ability to say, hey, it's not you. <laughs> You're trying as hard as you can. You don't suck, you know, wherever it is. Right. Yeah. Just stop drinking the soda. Um, yeah. You know, was a big deal. And it, it, it really changed her, her attitude and stuff like that. Cause she was really worried that uh, changed she didn't know her life. Anymore, you know? kind of I, mean, I mean, I mean that type of insight that was life-changing because yeah. I'm sure you're right. It, it, it impacted her mental state uh, and even her confidence and stuff like that. So Great story, brother. You're doing great work. Wonderful Thank you, work. Thank you so much for carving out time for the Use Case Podcast. No problem. Thank you. Take Absolutely. Care. And thanks for everyone listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.